Hey, Nathan, um, what would you say is the uh, least and most satisfying cars to own? Hmm. Uh, actually, I have one that covers both. What's that? The Hummer. <laughs> EV. I said it again for those of you haters out there who can't stand the fact that I'm displeased with it. Because it's awesome and it's not so awesome at the same time. So today, me and you are going to be talking about a survey that uh, Consumer Reports did of all of their members. Uh, and basically, they asked them, what are their most and least satisfying cars to own? In other words, would you buy them again? That is correct. And this is based on a percentage on how many would actually buy them again, or in many cases, wouldn't buy them again. And we will get to those who are uh, displeased with their cars near the end of the broadcast. But at the very beginning, I wanted to point out something. Uh, Roman... We just recently had a Super Bowl. For those of you who won or lost, I am sorry and or happy for you. I don't care about either because I'm a Steelers fan and I'm displeased anyway. But something happened recently, and some of you guys pointed it out with some emails recently, as of this morning. The Super Bowl commercials this year for cars, kind of weak sauce. Yeah, I, I got to say, the only good one for me was the premature electrification. That was pretty funny. That was funny, uh, but... It was also a little disappointing because they unveiled the Ram uh, EV, right? And it looked like nothing like the concept truck. It didn't look, it looked like basically a regular Ram truck with a new front end. Yeah, like they, like they took the way that the Ford Lightning, mm -hmm. uh, you know, went electric. They did the same thing with the Ram. It was a head scratcher, I'll give you that, Nathan. Uh, and then there was a Will Ferrell one. That's kind of funny. That was kind of funny, you know, with the zombies. That was okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, there's the other ones that were out there. None, none of them really did it for me. My wife liked the Binky Dad. That's the one with the uh, Kia. I think it was the, um, you know, where the little kid wants the little mouth sucker none, thing. None of them were as memorable as the one with the little kid Darth Vader and the Volkswagen. That was one of the best ones. That was one that of the was best so ones. That was so good. Yeah. It was funny and cute at the same time. So, anyway, I wanted to throw that out there. I'm curious to you, you know, if you guys feel the same way that... It's kind of a letdown this year. I think they were all kind of a letdown. There yeah. was nothing. I can't. I, I was trying to think back, you know, and I actually, you know, what I usually do, and I'm sure a lot of people do, is during the commercials, and I think this is probably driving what makes phones so popular, go to your phone and start playing on it, right? Yeah, of course. And I, I didn't, I actually, on purpose, watched the commercials hoping to be like, wow, but there was nothing. Just... You know, some movie previews were kind of cool, but that was like, cool. that's not car stuff, though. So The Batman thing. Was, did you see the Batman? Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that looked good. That freaked my son out. He was just like, Who's that? So oh, that's Michael Keaton. What? Who? And it was great. It was good. But that's not a car. Well, technically, I guess you could say the Batmobile was kind of cool. All right. Anyway, I wanted to throw that out there to you guys before we got started on this list. Now, once again, this comes directly from Consumer Reports, and they have a top 10 and a top 11, believe it or not, in the least and most satisfying cars. So All we're right. going to cover that. Right, let's go at it. Let's start with, with the uh, most satisfying. Yeah, let's start with number. So we'll start with the most. The least most satisfying, and then we'll work our way up well, to the most most satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what's number yeah. what's number eleven? So number eleven, and it's tied for number ten, is the Dodge Challenger with eighty percent, eighty six percent of the owners said they would buy it again. And what's it tied with? Might as well get them the, both. The in Mazda MX five Miata. Yeah, obviously, uh, one iconic car and one muscle car, right? Muscle car ish, mm -hmm. uh, and they both have one thing in common. You know what that is, Nathan? They uh, both have manual options. They're both affordable. Oh, okay. In, in their base trims. In Obviously, base the Hellcat <laughs> isn't affordable, but they're both affordable. And there's something very um, special about an affordable car that is also fun to drive and thus satisfying. And there aren't a lot of those. No, and you know, uh, to be honest, even the Challenger with the V6, even though you really want that sound, it still moves nice. It's actually a pretty fun car to drive, but I really do like that Miata Challenger mix because it shows that front engine, rear drive, proper cars are still popular. And there's other ones on this list, by the way. You know, I, I think the one common theme here is all these cars are interesting in some way or another, right? They're just not, you know, there's some cars, especially in midsize crossovers, where if you put them next to each other, you'd have a hard time telling them apart. Oh, yeah, especially the silhouettes. Yeah, and, and, and powertrain, same thing, yep. you know, all-wheel drive systems. It's all kind of just bland toaster. Well, wait till we get to the least satisfying. You'll under, yeah, you'll, you'll see what we mean with that because an awful lot of them are crossovers. Now, um, number nine on our list, and this is an interesting one because it, it's not that old, so it's only been around for a couple of years, 
but it's the Toyota RAV4 oh, Pro. Oh, oh, hold on. So the first part of that, boring, but now it gets interesting when you say the second part. Yes. Okay, I got you. So the Toyota RAV4 Prime. Yep. Okay. At 87%, it is number nine on our list. And the Prime, well, it does something special, and that is horsepower. And um, it goes on electricity for like, yeah, like yeah, 40 yeah. or 50 miles, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so I, I just did a video. Uh, I just had I was just at the auto show, right? Uh-huh. The Chicago auto show. And I just did a video with the uh, Wrangler 4xe where I contended. And somebody, by the way, somebody put a lot of mean-spirited comments. They said, what a what an unprofessional review, Roman. Uh, and the reason it was not a lot of, uh, let's call it, uh, production value in that review is I just done like 15 videos with uh, Andre uh, at the show. Yeah. And I did this as... Uh, kind of the last of 15, before I went and actually ate at Portillo's with my friend Steve. So I just spent two, me and Andre both, I just spent two days working nonstop, cranking up video after video. And and it's a huge show, physically. Yeah, yeah, I, I think first day I walked 25,000 steps. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, you know, I was not exactly at the top of my battery, I was at the bottom of it. So, you know, I did the best I could, but the contention there was, and I think, we should talk about this, that uh, plug-in hybrids are really where most people are at right now. They're quite, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, obviously early adopters are, you know, buying Teslas and Hummer EVs, but I think most people like that kind of plug-in hybrid. And the question, of course, that it brings up, and the question I asked in the video, is it the best of both worlds or is it the worst of both worlds? And what I mean by that, Nathan, mm-hmm. is you've got a car with two powertrains, right? Yep. So you've got a motor and you've got an internal combustion engine. Yeah. Uh, so you can drive it without ever having to plug it in, or you can plug it in and never actually potentially ever have to turn on the internal combustion engine. But the downside of that is you've got a lot of complexity. So the Prime and the um, Wrangler, yeah, have both an electric motor and an internal combustion engine, uh, and that's a lot of weight, which yes. is bad for fuel economy, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff that can go wrong. So is it best of both worlds or worst of both worlds? And, and that's, or both. And, and Time will tell with Jeep because we're still kind of in the new phase. You know what I mean? It's only been a couple of years that Jeep's been doing yeah. this. If you look at the long-term benefits of plug-in hybrids and what they managed to do with Toyota, with Volvo, with Jeep, they've managed to show that you can get, if you drive it correctly, an electric vehicle all the time for in-town driving. And then if you need to go cross-country, you don't have to worry about a thing. You just drive cross-country like a regular car. Those are the benefits. The negative part is, people don't think about this either, all that extra weight from the battery and the fact that you have basically two powertrains, well, that's not great for tires. Tire wear can be premature. Also, your performance changes significantly because you're suddenly a lot heavier, and so it won't handle the same way. We've taken the Jeep Wrangler 4xe off-road several times, and it's quite good off-road. However, its regular V6 counterpart is a lot happier bouncing up and over rocks because it's a lot lighter. So weight does matter. Uh, you know, I know I shouldn't be talking, but the point is, is that I, I get what you're coming from, but the technology's been out now for years and they've really refined it to the point to where when you drive some of these vehicles, the real benefit, sometimes you forget about the fact that it's a plug-in, which I was kind of grunting about earlier, and it just has extra power. That Jeep has tons. The only thing more powerful amongst all the Wranglers is the 392. Well, I think if you're a consumer, it's like it's the best of both worlds because you don't ever have to plug it in. You don't have ever have to uh, if you don't want to, or you can plug it in and never have to go to the gas station well, and choose. Well, well within, within reason. Right, right, within reason. So two things about the Wrangler. Um, how much do you think it costs? I, uh, I had fifty-two thousand dollars. I'll give you a hint. It had that uh, one-touch sky roof, which is a four and a half thousand dollar option. Oh man! So sixty. It was 000? a Rubicon. Sixty-three thousand. Sixty-nine. Yeah, seventy basically, seventy thousand. And but but you don't have to pay that much to get the four by E. We lost our video. Oh, hold on, E. Just because you know, this this thing, just you got to get. Ah, uh, that's all right. Don't worry about it's it. All, it's back. Oh, it's back. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I was saying. Um, that's a lot of money, dude. And the oh, same yeah. thing with that RAV4 Prime, which, by the way, 87% of buyers would say they would buy again. Also unobtainium, also over sticker, um, mm. and also very expensive. Yes. However, at least with the Jeep, I know for a fact that they have a somewhat entry-level version of it that's in the low 50s, high 40s, I believe. And that is the one that doesn't have the cool top or any of that other stuff. And that recently came out. We actually did a story. I think it's on TFL Off-Road. Um, But the point here is that, bottom line, plug-in hybrids, I think, have come along far enough to where 
They're more of a benefit, I think, in general, across the board. And me personally, I would rather have one of those than an electric vehicle, and I own an electric car. And it's great, but I am completely screwed if I want to go any further than 100 miles or so, in this case so even. Tommy's doing a series of videos over at TFL EV and you can see that at all TFL.com where he's taking our new long-term bolt yeah and he's trying to live with it as if he didn't have a home plug so the first video he did was he only tried to charge it up I shouldn't say home plug a home level two station which we have but we, he's not using it so the first he's one using, uh, 120 yeah he just did 120 and it didn't go all that well mm. and the second one that we haven't published yet that he just finished this week and these are like vlog like videos where he's actually showing you how he's using it he's got a girl mm -hmm. And he's driving up to Fort Collins. So there's a lot of driving involved. In this one, he's only using public charging. And that's turned out to be even harder. Yes. Even harder. I'll give you an example. So uh, he was over at the mall, which has an uh, EA station with four chargers. Mm -hmm. And then uh, downstairs in the garage, there are two plug, plug, uh, plug in, what is it called? Plug in charge, plug in. I plug share. Name. Plug share. Isn't that the app that shows you where. Um, that's the app that shows you. It's not PlugShare. Anyway, uh, they're not Electrify America. They're the one. So PlugShare is the app that shows you where plugs. The other plugs are. Okay. Yeah, anyway, uh, both of those were down. Mm -hmm. And then he went upstairs, uh, and there were four EAs. Uh, three of them were occupied, and one was down. <laughs> and the three that were occupied, there was nobody there. And they were all charging over 90%. People had just plugged them in and walked and away. And walked away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's... Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is where that ref for Prime could come in really handy. Exactly. Because you could just go to the gas station and say, you know, if you guys are, you know, unfamiliar with the etiquette and you just let your thing, you know, charge above 90% and walk away from it, then I'm going to go and get some good old dino juice. Actually, exactly. Sinclair. Yes, there you go. Um, this happened to you at the airport. This yeah. happened to me several times coming back solo uh, from Florida to California driving the Ionic 5. And the, the etiquette, this is a whole different thing. We should actually do a podcast, on, a podcast. Uh, just on etiquette. And we all know the infrastructure just isn't there yet. Hopefully it will get there eventually, but it's not there yet. Let's move to number eight, though. What do you say? Yeah, go for it. Okay. It's the Kia Telluride, which has 87%, pardon me, 87% of its owners would say that they would buy so, it again. So both the Telluride and the Palisade, it's twin, right? It's uh, Hyundai twin got redone, mm -hmm. facelifted. Now, for me, the Telluride used to be the pretty of the two, but now I've been reading the comments and people think it's the Palisade got better looking. Really? I, I still like you the like Telluride, the but yeah. I like the first-gen Telluride way more. I think it's really cool. I do, too, because they, you know, every time they go to the new gen, they kind of make it like smoother, more Softer. modern. But I like the old, yeah. like, square. It had out. a little bit more yeah. of a macho feel to yeah. it. And, Agreed. But, but the new Telluride, there's, there's a little bit more of an off-roady version of it now, and it's really just tires and wheels and a little bit of suspension. But um, it's, it's, it's a great vehicle, and Kia, both Kia and Hyundai cannot build enough of them, especially Kia. This is one of the, not only the best-selling vehicle that they have, but it's one of the best-selling vehicles in its class. The Telluride is huge. And during the pandemic, when things were really bad with pricing, this was one of the ones that we saw between 50 and 80% price hikes often. And those dealerships are unconscionable. I yeah. hope you remember who did it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically a sweet spot in terms of crossovers, right? You've got mm -hmm. three rows, and you've got the interior that looks like it's just out of a BMW yeah, X7. Nice. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, the only thing that lets it down just a little bit in my mind is that V6. It's a little uh, underwhelming. I would agree. But otherwise, you know, it needs it needs like a hybrid option at least. So I'm surprised that in the you know, facelift they didn't do that. Well, we're, we're going to be seeing a lot more because other products that both companies build, Hyundai Kia, do have plug-in hybrid versions, hybrid versions. So I have a feeling that will trickle down to these vehicles, especially because they want to keep their cafe numbers low. But we'll find out in the near future. The Telluride altogether is an interesting vehicle. Interesting also is that Kia is on the opposite list that we're going to hit in a few momentitos. Interesting, yeah. All right, keep going. The next one, number seven on our list, it's the twins. It's the Toyota 86 and Subaru BRZ at 88%. Yeah, uh, once again, a lot of character in both those cars. We, of course, have not driven the uh, BRZ, but they're twins because, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we, don't, we don't mention the server by name. No, just kidding. But, but the, there's an important point here, though, that is that we have driven the 86, which recently has been significantly updated. Yeah, I was going to say, so I, I, me and Tommy went on the launch of the GR Corolla, 
and they gave us the new uh, 86 to drive on the street, which was really cool. Uh-huh. And it's got this amazing feature where I fit in it, Nathan. <laughs> I actually, unlike the Supra, I actually fit. Isn't that strange, though? I mean, they're completely different vehicles, but the way they built it, I fit comfortably as well. It's actually, for a small rear-drive little coupe, Quite comfortable, at least up front. There are back seats, but I don't recommend them. And, you know, now they fix the torque issue, right? When I say torque issue, it was a little underwhelmingly untorquey. We always said they needed a turbo or supercharger, but now, even though it's still naturally aspirated, uh, those horses come up uh, pretty quick, and it's a fun car to drive. I could see myself happily owning that thing and using it as a daily driver. Yeah, it's it's quite good, and I really do like the interior upgrades and whatnot. I mean, it's a nicer interior now, and I just wish the color palette on both sides was a little bit more extensive because if you think about it, that's a car that really appeals to the youth or youthful thinking people. And I wish they had just tons of weird colors that would be available. That's just me, though. Uh, let's move on to the next one. and Our first electric car. This Exactly. This is the first electric car in this, uh, and, and not a whole lot of electric cars uh, altogether. Uh, this one is the Polestar 2 with 88%, and there's going to be a lot of 88% vehicles. In fact, there's one, two, three, four that are uh, all at 88% on this list. Yeah, the only time we ever drove it is they had like a, you know, they haven't, um, for some reason, um, by the way, I, I'm, I'm really um, I'm really a little uh, salty about uh, Ineos Grenadier. Oh, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, really, I'm kind of salty about it. Okay, let's, let, no, time out for the rant. So, um, what, how much time is on our timer? Because if, it might be perfect time to... Do a little Roman rant? Yeah, no, not yet, yeah. Not yet. Perfect. But let, Hit this, this isn't the rant. This is just... So, I was at the Chicago Auto Show, right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we've got a very popular off-road channel. Yes, we do. Uh, and a really popular truck th- channel, too. Dare I say it, one of the most popular... Indeed. In, in, on YouTube. In fact, about 30 million people either watch a TFL review, listen to the podcast, watch it on TikTok, watch a short, read, you know, your fine writing on the website. I thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, you know. And yet, uh, they did a program in Scotland where they invited like Other... world media, including American media. And I'm not going to name names. doesn't really matter. But one of those people who was invited, a freelancer, came to me and asked me if we wanted to publish the story. <laughs> and I'm like, if I'm the PR guy, don't you think you'd want to invite the bigger publication that actually has the outlet As versus to... a freelancer who's trying to sell it to the bigger publication? Just, I'm not a PR person, but that would be kind of my... Well, the strange part is, and this is why I threw a fit, and um, you know, Roman and I see eye to eye with this type of stuff from time to time because we work really hard. We've been doing this for over a dozen years, and you know, we both have experience. Yeah. I feel like, Our we, outlet... we like we've earned you know, our... Our, our pay grade. The audience deserves to see what we can provide yes. through these automakers. And with uh, Ineos, we actually had Tommy go over to a static display. He was all over it. It was a popular video. Like a half a million well. views or something. Yeah, it did really well. And yet, and, when, when the time comes to drive it, they invite freelancers who then try to sell the story to TFL. Yeah, go, and, go and see, that, that's the part that really gets us. It, it kind of, it's kind of like... We know that there's events that, yeah. that happen all over the world that we can't make it to no. for whatever reason. But in this particular case, having that type of thing happen and actually having people who are, how do I put it, ill-equipped mentally to approach us and simply say something to the effect. <laughs> that's what that means, but it uh, sounds insulting. <laughs> okay, that sounded insulting. Sorry. No, I'm, I'm a little ticked about it, only because of that. It, if, if you don't want to invite us, fine. But if somebody else goes, especially someone who's, some of these people who really shouldn't be there. Um, well, I'm, I'm not, no, some of them should or shouldn't. Oh, come on, the, some of them the really The fact shouldn't. is you're paying, obviously, to get publicity or to get a review, but then if they don't have an outlet or they have to come to us to have an outlet, why not just Especially invite the outlet? The fa- well, after the fact. <laughs> just invite the now outlet. We, now, we have friends that go out and tell us in advance, hey, I'm going to this thing. I want to give you the story. We've had Alex do that and some of yeah. And we're like, yeah, okay, absolutely. But we're a video outlet, and so we work with video, meaning us. So I think, I think I'm going to write a... Uh, a, a salty letter to the PR people and say, hey, guys, you know, uh, you're kind of dissing our audience. Yeah, uh, And you're I, making I me and Nathan, Nathan a little... Uh, you made Nathan sad. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, just throw it at me. Put so, me under the bus. So before we keep going, um, just to take a little bit of a break here okay. uh, uh, for a word from uh, the people who pay for this podcast. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. 
All right, um, so Polestar, uh, what's, what was next? What's number five? Number five is the Hyundai Ioniq 5 at 88%. And this is a vehicle we have a lot of oh, experience yeah, with. <laughs> not only that, but somebody, a friend of ours. For 46 hours. <laughs> well, not only that, but if you think about the amount of miles we put on it, because we did drive it from Colorado to California via um, Las Vegas, and then from California all the way over to Florida, and then from Florida all the way back to Southern California. So in many ways, we have the most experience in this vehicle for an outlet, um, in just in terms of mileage alone, and also the fact that everybody at TFL pretty much has driven it as well. And I got to tell you, what a hell of a car. Yeah. It's if, a hell of a good car. If you guys are thinking about, you know, getting a crossover and you're looking at Tesla Model Y, go look at this because this raises a bar. Because for instance, Tesla Model Y, while it does have a much better national infrastructure with the superchargers, it does not have vehicle to load. So you cannot plug your Tesla Model Y into your, I don't know, pick a refrigerator of your choice when the power goes out. This vehicle, aside from the fact it's more utilitarian than most other vehicles in the class, it's really not a crossover. It's more of a large wagon, and the shape is kind of unusual. I like, I dig the way it looks, but also it's it's a proper hatchback. It has gobs of space. It drives fantastic. There are a couple little things here and there that I don't love about it. It doesn't have a rear windshield wiper, which pisses me off. Yeah, and the range, well, once again, it's like 250. Uh, it's pretty good range. I, 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 I know, but when it gets cold, you know, I, I, I feel like... If it was a real 250, then it'd be enough. So for me, it has to be like 300 that then comes down to like in the winter or, you know. Well, and bear in mind, this is the all-wheel drive model. So that's yeah. why that, that 250-ish, you know. And, I but, can't wait to drive the Onyx 6. Yeah, it's, it, which is its brother. But because it's a much more slippery design, a little bit more modern, so they've been able to refine some of the electronics. It should have that higher. It, should, it does have a much yeah, higher yeah, range. It's yeah. well over 300 miles. So anyway, really, really good car. Um, I, I would own one. I would own the Ionic 5 in a heartbeat. I really liked it. Very good all-wheel drive so system. So number four is kind of unobtainium right now. <laughs> number four is strange because it's the only technically a truck on this list, and that is the Ford Maverick Hybrid. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can get the four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive one. Yeah. All but the there. hybrid is a two-wheel drive, Yeah, which gets phenomenal fuel economy, but they're not building it as far as I can tell. Oh, well, the, the, or they, they are the, building they're it. filling orders, yeah. they just and, and they've stopped orders for this year, I what, believe. Once again, look, another one, cheapest, one of the cheapest trucks you can buy in America, if not yeah. the cheapest truck. Yeah, uh, around $22,000 for the base model, which will give you the hybrid standard. By the way, 88% of the, uh, the owners would, would, say would buy it again, so... That's a really good start for what is a brand new vehicle in this segment and what is the return to a small truck segment. But there is one, one Achilles heel, and you know, I think we're both on the same page. It does have a harsh ride. The four-wheel drive one, especially. So, yeah, it, I, it, I'm, I'm not a, a big fan of the, the way ride. They, yeah, yeah. It, it, but around town, it, it feels more like a crossover. It's easy to drive, easy to park. I would say pre pretty easy to live with. I almost bought one. I would say that I was I was on the fence for a little while, then I drove the Hyundai Santa Cruz, and I much preferred the ride and the feel of the Santa Cruz. But in terms of the way the Ford Maverick is built, and more importantly, how they did it and presented it to the public, you guys are all aware of it now. Ford is selling, they, they, they can't sell enough. That's simply how it's put. I think the way I put it is, you know, a compact truck with a heavy-duty... <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's, but it's, everything else on it is incredible. I mean, you know, the room is, is, is almost mid-sized truck. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the collar combinations are cool. The materials are a little cost-cutty, but nothing. It's not too bad. Not, you know, for $25,000. I'm not a fan of the screen. Not so much the size of the screen. Yeah, it's the, the screen. position of the screen. It's I don't awkward, like yeah. yeah, it they is awkward. They tilt away from the driver. Exactly. Yeah. Also, I, I don't like rotary dials for gear selection, especially if you're doing like a three-point turn. Mm. But these are little issues. All in all, it's it's I think a fine product, a really good first car. If you truck. like your first new car, truck pickup, <laughs> yeah, pick crossover up. pickup. I know, but no matter what, we're going to get yelled at, no matter what we call it. So, so but I, it's it's it is a solid. So we, we seem to have delved into truck territory because number two at eighty eight percent would buy it is also yep. a truck. What is this, it? And that is the Rivian R one T at eighty eight percent. You know, you know what's amazing about that mm -hmm. truck? Uh, how much they got right on their first attempt. It's, it's if a, you think about it's how, astounding. Yeah, it is. 
it feels like it's been built for a few years. You know what I mean? Everything feels like it's buttoned down. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of an Apple product. Now, I'm not trying to say that Apple's better than anybody else, but one thing that Apple managed to do, even in the earlier days when they started it's coming out with analogy. their iPhones, yeah. is that they managed to make them sexy and, and simple and kind of modern and high-tech. And it, I feel like the Rivian is sort of the same type of idea. If Apple were to have built a pickup truck, an electric one, this would be the one. And we've driven a couple. Uh, I've driven one, and I love the way it drives. I would definitely consider something like this if I was looking for an electric vehicle. Uh, it tows like a horse, but just does not very far. So, so I was watching the uh, um, ratings for our podcast, uh -huh. and we're actually doing pretty well in Europe, especially in Britain. Uh, and I, I, I feel you. like all your Brits are like, hey, that's one of those vehicles that uh, you know is unobtainium for us. And before you go there, I agree, but I could name probably three vehicles off the top of my head that I would love to drive that, that we never get. Suzuki Jimny. Yes, I would love to get one of those. Any MG. Yes, any of the MGs. Well, they're Chinese built now, which is interesting. I'm curious to what the, how they drive. Any MG I would love to try. Yeah. You know, uh, what, what else? The Morris Minor. What the heck? Come on. An Evora. I think we get that, but I don't think it's out here yet. I think the, the Brits got it before us. Kuga. The Ford Kuga. Well, I mean, I, I mean back when they built the Ford Ka... The Fiesta, well, they're, get, they're doing away with the Fiesta, yeah, but, but they still have it. For the longest time, the Type R, Honda, I mean, you, you just have a lot more cars, so leave us a few that, that, that you don't get, that we do. Uh, well, I, I have a feeling that Rivian, if they can really get their feet down on solid you, ground, and you, and you know what, will eventually go you know over what's, the pond. You know, it's actually, this is something that the people don't talk about. It's absolutely true, though. So, like, let's say there's that 25-year there's that rule, right? Mm-hmm, yeah where uh, it takes 25 years before we can buy a car that's in Europe and legally imported. Well, well importing it, yeah, based on the... Yeah. Uh, apparently, Kyle does not seem to know about that rule because he bought a Twizy that's completely legal, but that's a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. supposed to be crushed, but uh, it's also assaulting me because I, I believe in following the law and not skirting the law. Yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, the problem with electric vehicles is that Europe uses a different standard. They use CCS2. Yes, they do. So if you bring in... A European, let's say, uh, electric car and bring it over here, you couldn't charge it. Because I remember once upon a time I was talking to Porsche and I said, hey, you know, I'd love to be able to buy a Porsche Taycan European delivery and then have a trip to America. And they said, oh, no, you can't because we use CCS2 and you use CCS1 and the two do not work together and they're not compatible. So all these cars now that we're getting, like you could take a Rivian and take it to the UK, but you couldn't charge it. I wonder if there's some sort of adapter or something like that that would make it work. I'm sure there is, but... Do people even, I mean, I mean, you could build one, but do people actually, there's no business case for it. I, I don't know. Maybe there is. Maybe so so I, my suggestion to Porsche, which they did not <laughs> take seriously, was, you know, Porsche, you can, on the Taycan, you can have two charging ports, right. right? If you want, you can have one on one side and one on the other side. Which I like, yeah. I said, put the European one on one side. And the American one on the other. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's a pretty funny idea. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, I had a great idea. Okay. Uh, okay, this isn't my idea. This is uh, Jared from Carbuzz. So okay. it's half of my idea and half of his idea. Okay. All right, so I was, um, and I, I, want, I want to get your, get your take on this, all right? And I think you'll like this. Okay, go ahead. All right, so you know that all cars now, or a lot of them are going to subscription model, right? Where they're charging. Which I hate, right. yes. But I have a way that you would love it and you would pay for it. Okay, go ahead. All right, so I was in uh, the new Mustang dark horse yes and i was playing with the gauges and you can actually pick a fox body gauge huh right so you could pick the gauge set from the fox body era mustang as and it'll a, go up on your screen yeah. yeah how about if like ford or gm or porsche whoever actually upsold you on a digital package of retro gauge sets for your new car so you could have like you know you could have you know a gate set out of i don't know pick you know your favorite Carrera from 1970 uh, in the gates of your new 911, or same thing with the Corvette, because right? they're all going digital. Would you pay money for that? I would. I mean, I would. I would pay money up front for it, but I wouldn't want to pay monthly for it. No, you, can, you know, you could use it, and then if you if you get sick of it, you could get rid of it. You go back to the standard one. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm you see what, I, I, well, yeah. So in other words, uh, your, maybe your displays could be like that, and yeah. maybe there's other things. Absolutely, I could see. Cool? That's not a terrible idea, and that's one of those that, you know, it's, it's somebody... Like a, it's like a video game upsell. Exactly. Okay. I, I, I think it's a decent idea, and I rarely like your ideas, so it's a decent one. I think that's a, so that's a free one for all of you automakers who want to charge people for heated seats, but uh, you, knowing that, that us buyers hate that. Yeah. Tell us something we want to pay for. Yeah, add a little bit of uh, extra cachet to the deal. Having a unique 
display yeah, would be pretty we, cool. Yeah, not something we got for free before or we you know with the purchase of the car, but something that's a value add versus you know a kind of a, a wash. All right, let's move on because we still haven't gotten to the the ones that I know you guys are waiting for. Well, we got two more to finish up the uh, the ones that people really would buy and the again. Two sports cars. Mm-hmm. Big surprise here. Number two, Porsche 911 at 90%. That's wow. 90% of the owners would buy another 911. And you know what? I am not surprised. Yeah, sure. I'm not a surprise at all. Well, first of all, that's a car that, of course, is iconic and expensive and not your main driver. Remarkably well put together, too. Yeah, it is one of the best put together cars ever. I mean, it, it goes, and the thing is, is that it covers everything from, you know, mid-level sports cars over here in the States to super high exotic cars in terms of its build quality and capability. Remarkable car. And the number one, of course, is the Chevy Corvette. Uh, same recipe, cheaper price. 94% of the owners said they would buy another one. Another one I'm not surprised with, I actually thought it might be flipped, and I thought that the Porsche owners would outdo the uh, Chevrolet owners, but the Corvette, guys, it's just, it's on fire. And Roman recently got a chance to have a look-see at the all-wheel drive Corvette. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because I was having this conversation with Motoman, and he said uh, that you know most of the automotive press, the in crowd, thinks that it's not cool. It's a GT version because you know uh, it's not rear wheel drive and supercharged. You know the same extent that the Z06 is. And I was like, dude, I think that's cool to have a vet that you could drive year round or sneak in and out of your house late at night when you can just go on electricity. I thought that was way cool. But but most of them are like you know purist. Oh no, no, you got to have rear wheel drive to go on a track. You don't want all wheel drive, which is what Audi's been suffering for from for the last whatever twenty years. Yeah, supercharged. I don't know if they were. No, it doesn't matter. Is, uh, no, isn't the Z06 supercharged? I don't think so. I think it's a natural no, aspirated. It's supercharged, dude. Okay. The Z06 is supercharged. I don't think so. Hundred percent. Well, anyway, write your comments 110%. below. Hundred percent. Okay. Let me, let me well, look it up. Yep. While while you're looking it up, let's start talking about what's going to be coming next, and that right, is the least satisfying. Um, and keep in mind that there's a huge gap. <laughs> so we're talking about, you know, 50%, 30%, all that other stuff. So there's all those cars in between that maybe you and I own. I'm actually pretty sure that you and I do own some of these cars, folks. Oh, you're right. Naturally aspirated fury. I was wrong. Oh, I love hearing that. You get yeah. to buy me lunch. Yay. Wait, how did it get in my head that it was supercharged? Uh, probably because there have been other versions mm. of that powertrain that, that were supercharged. supercharged. Yep. Um, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You're right. Okay. I apologize. No, nope, that's okay. Hey, hey let's... Before, before we move on, can I do my rant now? Yeah. Oh, sure. New rant. This is a, this is this is a, this is the rant that I'm meant to do, not the uh, one that, that came up. Okay. This is a real one. I think you'll appreciate this one. So you wash a lot of cars, right? Wash? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You just I bet you just washed a truck today. Yes, I did. Yeah, because before we film something, we have to go wash it, so we spend a lot of time washing. Especially things. if Tommy's been near it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Um, I, you know, we had that old 911 and I'm having the upholstery redone. So I wanted to clean it because I took it through the mud at the ranch. And so I went to the wash and I, and it was a beautiful day. So it was very busy. Right. Yeah. And I think there were, uh, for some reason there were six stalls. One had a, uh, like a cone, so it didn't work. Mm. Uh, and one had, uh, a thing that said too many stalls in use. So there were only four that were, uh, and then you play that game. Like when you go to the bank to see, you know, who do you think is going to take the least amount of time? Yep. So I had two cars that just pulled in, so they were like, forget that. But there were two other vehicles that I could choose from. Mm-hmm. All right, so one of them was one of those uh, Marv's towing trucks because they, they washed their vehicles there. And that guy had, like, so much, like, spilled oil and dirt. I'm like, this is going to take forever, right? You know, right. This was a commercial truck that he was cleaning off on the right. weekend. And the other one was this guy in a Subaru Outback. Okay. Uh, and uh, he went in and he started, you know, squirting off his car. And I'm like, okay, between, you know, the Outback and the, 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 the commercial truck. truck, I'm going to take the Outback. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so I get behind him and, you know, he squirts it off and I'm thinking he's done. And then he does something that blew my mind. You know what he did? Uh, he started drying it while it was there? No, 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 no. That, I've seen people do that, too. That's not cool. Yeah, you got to pull it out and then dry it. No, no, it. no. He took that brush, dude. He took that brush and went at the car with the brush. And... I would bet that, like, the guy before him was, like, a Wrangler who had just taken it into the dirt. And now all those, like, silt and rocks. All that and crap is All that the... crap is in that brush. Yeah, you, you squirt off the brush is what you're supposed to do. No, no, no. He just went <laughs> right oh. at it. I'm like, you're now sanding <laughs> or sandblasting your car, yeah. your car clear coat, right? Yeah. And he went at that thing. I would never touch that brush, right? There's got to be so much dirt and grit from the previous car that's, like, stuck in those... Um, the bristles? Yeah, that, that you're just going to you know, yeah, completely sand 
down the clear The simple rule of thumb is you pull that out while you have the high-powered b- b- brush or a blower, you blow out all the crap on it really, really good. Then you use it if you absolutely have to. And the only reason to use it in my book is if you have chunks of mud on a bumper. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. So then I back up. I'm like, okay, I forget that. And there was another guy who was done, right? Yeah. And then he started detailing his car in the bay. Oh, no bueno. Yeah, no. The rule, I think, is you squirt it off and do whatever you do. But then if you want to detail it, you pull it out. Yeah. And then you detail and you go back in if you want to, you know, that's... You, you use the clear coat or whatever that silliness is, right? The the drip dry, oh, oh, yeah, the spot like, remover, all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> well, the spot, spot stuff seems to work on glass, kind of, sort you, of. You think that stuff works? It, I, in my mind, I say it works, whether or not it's true. You think that there's actually, like, you know, like there's all kinds of different chemicals, and when you switch it, it actually switches. I think it actually is a slightly the, higher heat. So spot something. remover in, in our restaurant, it was, uh, we would uh, water soft. It was a water softener. Yeah. So you make, you, you add salt and you water soften the, the water and then it does, it drips off without creating those like stains. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, like the clear coat, right? There's a clear coat that's supposed mm-hmm. to. Oh, the clear coat I don't buy at all. Okay. All yeah. Right. I don't buy the clear coat at all. I, I, I don't so think how, that's. What's your procedure in that? How do you do it? Well, I, I tend to blow through. It depends on the vehicle. Okay. So like a new car, like my new car. Do you, do you use pre-wash? Uh, I will pre-wash you, you it. You squirt it, it with that stuff that like the little the foamy, the foamy stuff. If it, if I think like uh, like bug removal, like after uh, I've driven. Oh, there is bug remover too. Yeah, yeah and and that, that does have like a heavier chemical in it that does kind of break up some of the the goo. And I, I know that works a little bit, but I only use a little bit of that. Then I don't go right to the the foamer on the high pressure. Okay. Almost right away. Okay. Um, and I just use the hell out of so, that. So, so Tommy squirts it off with the foamy stuff uh, first. And then he cleans it off with the rinse, and then he uses the soap. Wait, he rinses, and then he goes yeah, to the I soap? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a lot of... Wow, a lot of, yeah. okay. And you know what else I found out uh, the hard way? Uh, there's two stop buttons, right? There's a stop button on the dial. Yes. Right, and then there's a stop button near the credit card reader. Yeah, where you can just hit it. Yeah, so the stop button on the dial just hold. It doesn't stop. It just holds the thing from squirting, whereas the stop button on the... Uh, card reader actually stops it so i gave a lot of free car washes to people because i would just go stop and then i thought i was done but it kept you know i kept there's digging my credit card it has a a, a credit limit ten dollars like, is it ten dollars yeah. yeah that's right i know that because i saw it i got my credit card <laughs> what the hell i just watched the thing for five minutes and they charged me ten bucks yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. um i it, it's funny because uh like a really good example of, of the car wash thing is that i take my wife's car usually through the prepaid you know automated car wash thing because it's not that I don't care that much. It's just that I know that you in go, her case. You go touchless? Yeah, pretty much. It, and, it, and I like the sprays. And also, I like the fact that they spray the bottom. That's, to me, one of the most important things living in snow country. Um, but in my case, when I, I like to wash just with my hands. I like to get on there and do it, right? And that sucks trying to wash the undercarriage using but, a well, high power. You have two choices, basically. You can go touchless and get a crappy wash. Or you can go non-touchless, right, with the scrubbers and, you know, clear coat, uh, damage the clear coat. Well, <laughs> and you get those little swirly things in your paint. So, uh, so do you want a clean car that's a little swirly or do you want a dirty car that's not swirly? I, I think it really does depend on the dirt uh, that's on your car, too. It actually does depend on that because think about it. You know, if you have a 4 by 4 and you've been mudding and everything else, you really want something that's going to get in there and get that grit out. Or if you've just been through you, snow. You, you know, you're absolutely right. So, so if I were to take, we just bought this old Jeep. Yeah. Which I can't take to the car wash because it's too tall. It's too bloody tall. <laughs> You'll have to take it to the manual car wash. Right, but if I, if I could, I would have no problem taking it in there. Yeah. Right? It's been in the, yeah, that's fine. But if I had that Corvette that's behind us. Uh, yeah, that Corvette, yeah. I would definitely. So let's move on. I oh, think. the least satisfying. I can't wait. Yes, the least satisfying. Are we doing okay on time? Let me check on my timer here. See how we're doing? Uh, I would say that at this point, we are pretty close to, Yeah. We're pretty close to taking a second break. Uh, let's do one and we'll do another break. All right. Okay, so 10. let's get everybody started. So remember I was talking about Kia? Yep, they're here too. Number 10 on the least satisfying is the Kia Forte at 51%. Over that half means of them would not buy it again. Over half of them would not buy it again. Now, one of my closest friends who's not a car person bought a Kia Forte about three years ago. There's nothing wrong ago. with that car. It's just a it's very absolutely a very simple, everyday basic car. car. Yeah. yeah. There's, not, there's no frills. No. But it gives you a lot of stuff for the money. I think the newest one has Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. I, I just think it's so, like, um, like everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it kind of says, says I couldn't afford pick the car that you want. And that's exactly <laughs> what he – yeah. Well, in his and case – And maybe it's not the car's fault, but it's just a – 
the fact that it's like one of the cheapest cars. It is a really inexpensive car. For, for Kia, it's one of their least expensive. And on top of that, you still get the killer warranty and all that. You know, I mean, that's part of the deal. So something to think about. I don't hate it, but I can see how it went from being kind of an interesting. They even had a coupe. Do you remember the coupe? I remember the coupe. That yeah. was kind of fun. Yeah. And, you know, everything, and they, just, they just kind of backed away from it. But uh, anyway, Kia Forte, there's nothing wrong with it per se, but. Yeah, 51% of the people will not buy it again. Uh, number, we get one more. Let's do one more. You want to do one more? Yeah. Okay. Number nine is tied. <laughs> yeah, they're tied at 51%, and that's the Nissan Altima. 51% of them would buy it again. You know, so the, that's, other, the other thing yeah. I think we should point out that this is Consumer Reports. Yes. So that's you know th these are people who are not necessarily the enthusiasts of the world. No, not necessarily. Uh, although they, they do a very thorough uh, questioning of their audience, and they thousands of people are asked this question, and they you know it's but, an aggregate where they bring it all together and they come up with the these reason numbers. I bring that up is that these are the kind of cars I would think these people would be buying, and yet on the previous list we had a 911 and a Corvette. Oh, among other things, yeah. yeah. All right, well, before we continue to um, tear into the Nissan Altima, let's pay for this podcast. And, of course, thank our Patreons out there who also make this possible. All right, what's wrong with the Altima? Well, okay, there, there's two things. You're going to see a, a repeating um, theme on this list, and that theme mostly is CVT, Continuously Variable Transmission. That is one of the reasons some people are dissatisfied. I'm not saying this based on consumer reports. I'm saying this based on what we've been told and I specifically have been told about the car. Now, there are a couple things that are really cool about the Altima. For one thing, you can get an all-wheel drive version. Not all cars come with all-wheel drive options. And they have a turbo version. Unfortunately, both the all-wheel drive and the turbo version are connected to a continuously variable transmission. So whatever fun you were able to glean off of having a you know pretty powerful turbo, some of that's taken away with having a less than responsive transmission. But on the other side of it, it is very efficient. They get really good gas mileage. By the way, Nathan, I misspoke. That's fifty-one percent would buy it again. Would buy it, would not, not would, buy it again. Yeah, yeah, we're going the other way now. Okay, All now right. we're now we're on the opposite side. Oh, I lost this thing again. Okay, there goes. Yeah, you're good. I got it. I, every time I touch it, we need better it, equipment. We need better. Well, this cord's got to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right, so what's number eight? Another Nissan, and mm. one that I have a lot of experience with. It's the Nissan Kicks, and 49% of people who owned one is would it, buy one again. Is that the Qashqai in Europe? Or is, no, 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 no. There, that, that, that's that's the Juke. Or no. No, it's not the, the Juke. It's the Cash, Rogue, the little Rogue. It, Rogue Sport. Yes. I think that's the Qashqai Yes, uh, in yes, Europe. I believe. Okay. Uh, it's something uh, like that. See, I'm pandering to our European listeners. <laughs> God bless you. God bless the king. Um, okay, so uh, I will say this about the Nissan Isn't Kicks. It long live the king? Is it? Yeah, I'm an American. I'm I think it's long live, long live the king. Come on, we all. Everybody knows I'm an idiot. So it's, it's uh, God save the queen. King. God Damn. save the. Uh, I have to get used God to that. God save the king. There, there it go. is. There it okay. is. Okay. Um, Unless so, you hate the king. Ah, he's a cool guy. I, I got no problem with Charles. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I got no problem with Charlie. How about the way he treated uh, Lady Di? We don't know what Princess really happened. Diana. Oh come on! There's been we don't more really books written. No, she, I never... she was out there. She was out there telling her side of the story. Uh, she's a pretty he, cool person too. He fell in love way. with Camilla, whatever her name is. This is turning yeah. into a podcast about the royals now. But you he started fell in love it, with Camilla, and then he married, you know, uh, Diana, and then he kept Camilla as his like love of his life. While you know, the okay, mother so you, of his children, the mother of his children, delve into his personal life or look at what he's done as a whole with. Uh, I mean, he's actually done quite a bit with, uh, there's with two different foundations, one of which is for a greener earth. He's actually managed to cultivate billions of dollars invested into it. And he's what, very landed, much... Landed gentry, the, the plight yeah. of the landed gentry in okay. the UK? We're not, okay, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to start an argument. I just don't, I don't hate the guy. I, I, honestly, th there's only one royal I dislike, you know and he's been gone for years. You know what's crazy? I was in Britain for uh, the Queen's uh, funeral, right? And uh, when they brought her to London, uh, I had just flown in mm -hmm. uh, for the Goodwood uh, revival. And the line was something like, I want to say it was like three hours. And we were like, hey, should we go stand? This is once in a lifetime opportunity. Right, right. And we were like, ah, three hours, that's so long. And like the next day, it was like 24. Yeah, hours. people are waiting, like camped out for a full day Whoops. or two. <laughs> we got that wrong. I mean, it's a hell of a time to live in where the queen who's lived through my entire, your father, my father, their entire lives and, and managed to Our make it all the way. Combined, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, for sure. Good on her. Um, okay, let's can, sorry, continue. So the Nissan Kicks, I wanted to say something really quick about the Nissan Kicks. I don't hate the car. It's not that fun to drive. It's it looks a, like a it's fun a car. It's a tall Versa. 
It is like a tall first. It size. is. It's the same. But, it's the same chassis. Well, same it's, engine. it's the same basic platform exactly, <laughs> and then same engine transmission. Um, the interior pretty usable. What I really liked. I borrowed one of those and I used it during a trip I took with my family to Disneyland. Why? I could have gotten something much bigger, but gas is stupid expensive in California. And I'm not even going to blame the royal family on that. So, the whole, although BP, okay, never mind. Anyway, so um, the point is, is that this car got amazing mileage. It held all of our luggage. It held myself, my wife, and my two kids. No problem. Everybody was comfortable. Good little car. Very, very good in that respect. Very efficient. Just... Not exactly something that I would consider buying again because, frankly, it's a little boring. They need, they don't even put a sunroof. It's not even in the options, and it's supposed to be like youth oriented. I think it's I think it's like three k more than the Versa, which is already. It's not a, even. No, I think it's even less than that. For more than so, the Versa. given the choice between a Versa and a Kicks, I definitely get the Kicks. I'll, I would get I'll, the I'll Kicks. That. Well, it has a high wheelbase, uh, which or high ground clearance, which does help in bad weather. And by the way, I was in California during their heavy monsoons. I mean, we were absolutely drenched, and this thing went through like two feet of water uh, a few times when in intersections, and it had no problem doing it. It's just I, a good little does car. Does number seven compete against it? I think it does. Mm, size-wise, just about, yeah. but otherwise, no. Price-wise, probably not. Uh, no, and that's the Volkswagen Taos, like Taos, New Mexico. It's oh, Taos. Taos, yeah. 48% would buy it again, and that car has... It's only pro- been out for two years. Yeah, that car has a problem where the transmission and the engine don't get along. Only if you have it on full boil. If you push it hard, just like all dual clutches, if you mash your foot down and you have a lot of fun, great. But otherwise, in daily traffic, and I said it when I reviewed the car, and I actually went out to California. I know I rarely travel, but this is one of the times I did. I went out there, drove the car, and I got to tell you, it's not a horrible car. Was that, but, you, was that you and Matt? Yeah. Yeah, you and Matt, yeah. And I got, the car was perfectly fine in that respect. It had good utility, got decent mileage. Well, the, the problem but is, in traffic, it it's, sucked. It's a turbo, right? And so somehow the transmission, it does not align with when the turbocharger kicks in. Uh, and so there's this weird like thing that happens where like the turbo kicks in, but it doesn't downshift. It's, and, and then also, even at a light or at a standstill, it takes a little while for everything to do, agree to do what it's supposed to do. That car is in dire need of a regular automatic transmission, as are almost every vehicle on this list. All right, what's number six? So, uh, by the way, that, the uh, Volkswagen was at 48%. A Kia Seltos, which is at 48%. Now, this is an interesting car. Because it is a dual clutch. We've driven it before. We've had problems before. But something recently happened. What happened? Kia decided to get rid of the dual clutch and use an automatic transmission with that turbo engine. And everything has changed according to some insiders. It is a much better driving vehicle. So they basically took the logic that all of us are talking about, which is dual clutches just don't work on these little economy vehicles. And they fixed the problem. We should know soon because we will be driving one of these soon. I believe number two also has a dual clutch. Yes. Well, that's, once again, the Seltos, that was 48%. We'll go to number two in a minute, yep. but we're, we're still way up there. Uh, number five, that's an interesting one. Yeah, the Jeep Compass. That's 46 a, would buy it again. Yeah, 40%. That's mm. not great. 46% is no. not great. No. Um, I, I liked the Trailhawk version of it. I thought it was perfectly adequate for medium trails and It's, it's, kind, of, it's, kind, of, it's kind of the rent-a-Jeep. It's slow. Is, is it's, probably, it's got that um, Tiger Shark... Engine, I believe, still yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Multi-air. It's it, is it the least expensive or is a Renegade cheaper? I think, I think the Renegade is cheaper. Is it? Yeah. Depending on the trim, but it, it is yeah. certainly the the entry level. Well, it's the same powertrain as the Renegade, just yeah, longer. It's yeah. it's a larger vehicle, not by a huge amount though. I think they're okay, but there's nothing special. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's kind of the the idea of let's build an entry level uh, utilitarian Jeep. And then use the Jeep brand, you know, the, the the halo that the Wrangler brings, and bring it down market. And I, I'm never sure that that really works great. And especially as we get down to some of the other ones, I, I have a theory about these other ones. I'll tell you when we get to them. But uh, actually, I could tell you on the next one. Go, yeah, go let's go to the next one, yeah. which is number four is the Mercedes-Benz GLA with 45%. So here, here's my theory, Nathan. I think you're better off uh, to buy the if okay. Let's say you've got a budget of. Forty-five thousand dollars, right? Okay. And you can let's use let's use like um, I don't know uh, a Toyota as an example, uh, and you could buy a smaller Lexus or a bigger Toyota crossover, right? Mm-hmm. So you could like buy an NX or you could buy a Rav Four, and, and, and for the same amount of money, right? Forty-five thousand more like a UX, but, but okay. You right? You're always better off to buy the non-prestigious brand than you are to buy the entry-level cheap 
you know, prestigious brand because inevitably you get less space, you get less performance, you get less quality because that, um, and actually, uh, I, I, I like the, the other one that's on the list, but the GLA doesn't feel like a Mercedes, right? It, it, it's got a lot of cost cutting. It's kind mm. of, it's kind of the, the, the I, it's, it's got the badge, right? So it's got the three pointed star, but, oh gosh, you know, <clears throat> I, I would I would much rather get something else that's not the premium version. So I, I'd keep away from those small premium vehicles. Now, normally I would Country agree. I, I would agree with you with most of those. With the Mercedes, I would agree with you. I have a cousin in Las Vegas who recently became an attorney. Not only that, but he actually left his firm and he's got his own little thing going. Yeah. He's a young guy. And I think that something like the Lexus UX or NX would be ideal for him because he's picking up or meeting his clients, yeah, and it's a little bit, you, you know what I mean? But it's ultimately unsatisfying because you're getting, you think you're getting, what you want is the LX. Well, the, the NX right? isn't too bad Right, either. but what you're getting is the NX. And yeah. that's a whole different kettle of fish, dude. It, it depends on the person. I really do think that. But I do agree, with, under normal circumstances, completely agree with you. And I'm one of the people who would buy the quote unquote lesser vehicle. So, so GLA, right? Yeah. If they still sold it here, I would get the Golf over the GLA. More space, better engineering, I think, more <clears> styling, <throat> right? And it's probably going to be cheaper than the GLA. And yet you're kind of in that same boat, right? You can get a Golf or you can get a, you know, GLA, which is the entry level Mercedes crossover. Mm -hmm. And I'd get an Opel. Okay. What's, what's an entry level crossover that you would get instead of a GLA that, that, that isn't the premium brand? That isn't a premium yeah, brand. Let me, let me think the one that I would get that would cost about the same. And you're looking probably right, right around. You could. I bet you that thing's at least forty-five. The GLA, yeah. I think it was forty to forty-five. Yeah. What What would be like a non-premium brand? You can get a Rav Four for that. Okay. Yeah. So for for forty-five, yeah. you could actually get to the lower level base model of the uh, Toyota Forerunner as well. You could. Yeah. Um, you can get a stripped down Jeep Wrangler. Um, yeah, they're 30. Yeah, they're yeah, high 30s. Yeah. Um, Tommy's was 30. Now now the base Wrangler's 33. Yeah. Ish. So, I mean, you can play in that realm. But also, if you wanted something that was a little bit closer to what this car could do, there's, I mean, half the American brands have something that would compete, most likely. I bet, actually, you know what would be a really interesting one? And we're going to be driving it in the very near future is the new upcoming Dodge Hornet. How, how about a Mazda? How about a Mazda... Uh, CX-5. Oh, yeah, and, uh, yes, of course. Yeah, of course, yeah. Mazda builds, it's funny you mentioned that. My wife is interested in the CX-30. You heard it here first, folks. We'll see what happens. Anyway, <laughs> I, I think you're always better off to go that route. Yes. Anyway. Okay, but that's... Okay. okay. Let's get to the next one on oh, the list, yeah, which one. is the... Or, only 40% would buy us again. Which is not a surprise, yeah. uh, and I damn well know why. Infinity QX50, 40% would buy this again. Why? Well, the interior is beautiful. The exterior is beautiful. It actually has a very powerful engine. What do you think on this list, once again, coming back, same theme. Three magic letters? Continuously variable transmission. I know you guys think I harp on this too much or that we harp on it too much, but look at the, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. Yeah, it's not satisfying. It's like put a pillow under, you know, over your accelerator and then go drive. I mean, you still get sometimes decent launches, but all of a sudden you're just sitting there hovering at 3,500 RPM and it just hums. And in this case, it's not a pleasant sound. The car itself is decent, but it's nothing special. I mean, I mean, I've, I've reviewed a look, ton of them. Look, there's a reason that the Germans don't build cars with CVTs, and it's not that because they can't engineer them. They could, but they chose not to. For the most part, yes, absolutely. Um, the next one I like a lot, actually. Yes. Now, the next yeah. one, and it, I would agree with you. And it I, goes against my advice I just gave, but I like it a lot. And that would be uh, the Mercedes-Benz GLB, and 39% would buy it again. Now, I believe that has to do possibly with its reliability. Um, it's got a dual clutch, but, you know, I, I just fell in love with that car because uh, it's very boxy. Mm. It, you could get a third row, uh, which was tiny, tiny, but it was still cool. I took it off-road, and while it's a dual clutch, it wasn't grand, but it wasn't horrible. But I just love the utility of the thing, right? I love the fact that it was... Box. It was like a little baby G wagon. Maybe that that was my. Um, well, look looks wise, yeah, yeah. but not performance wise. 
No, not performance-wise <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, come on. But, but, but you know, the, I also drove the electric one, and that one, I have to say, was a little disappointing because I think officially it gets like 220 miles of range. Not enough for, and the, they, for a product yeah, like that. Yeah, it was – basically, they took the GLB and stuck an electric motor into right. it. Right. Or motors. Uh, and and they, a large battery. Yeah, so I would, I would probably keep away from that one. But the, the regular gas one, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's, once again, you know, always check and see how reliable vehicles are. And, and number one. Now, number one – there's there's an extra there's a caveat to this okay and I'll get to that in a it second just came out and the you new one. Ju- exactly um, number one is the Volkswagen Atlas Cross Sport which is the one with the less the the kind of the the swooshy yeah, uh, they, tailgate they basic like like what uh, Honda did with the Pilot when they introduced the Passport is that they had a large vehicle they cut it down a little bit removed the third row and boom you have yourself a fairly large crossover that could hold five remember the ZDX. Yeah, I do, and that was really unfortunate on your behalf because for some reason you liked it. You're, I liked it. You're nuts. Um, the Volkswagen Atlas Cross Sport has recently been, along with all the other Vo- Volkswagen Atlases, been updated significantly. It actually has a new powertrain. So we have a video at AllTFL. We have a video at AllTFL.com, and the whole front end has been redesigned, and the interior, which was always a sticking point for me, has been redesigned. But but there's a big but on. And Andre pointed it out to me when I was in the vehicle with him. You know what that is? Mm, all of them are two-liter turbos? No, no. The butt is there are no manual buttons or toggles or switches ah. or anything. It's, it's, it basically, they've gone the route of the Golf R, the ID4, where everything is now haptic, and that is not good. That is no bueno. Which is ironic because Volkswagen even said in some cases they're bringing back regular touch controls. They are, but but not in this generation, apparently. They, yeah. they kind of went down the road too far, I think. I guess they, they, because they have to get the return on their investment and get these components they already paid for, have them in the vehicle, and then hopefully eventually they'll be able to swap them out in the next generation. But And, and Andre is right. That, no, that's not great. I drove one of these, um, but it was it was sort of the, it was the base camp version of it uh, three years ago, I believe it was, to Moab, Utah, with a trailer. It did great. It was comfortable. It got decent mileage. Yeah, I remember we did a little video. It was yeah. yeah, and I took it off road a little bit. It did just fine. It's it's the thing is is that it's terribly boring. It's not that exciting to drive. The interior was was kind of drab, so I could see why people aren't thrilled with it. And I, once again, this is one that I know for a fact has suffered from some reliability issues. And I, I can't wait for this year's Jeep Tourist Safari. So I was just talking to a Jeep. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, and uh, it's on again, so we're going, dude. Yes, and stay tuned because there's some special stuff that's going to be happening at Easter Jeep that they haven't done before that's kind of specific to us, which is really cool. But Did you know, we got invited to go on a, uh, this is pretty funny, a little side. I got an email from Bilstein, Bilstein, uh-huh. uh, and they're doing like a Bilstein house, kind of like an MTV house. Oh, okay. Where, where you they, they invited um, um, me or you and a family member or a, a accomplice or a partner or whatever you want to bring uh-huh. uh, to go and live in this house and then produce uh, content for them. No kidding. Yeah, like an influencer wave where you can stay there, stay there, and then they they, they videotape you. But unfortunately, we're not influencers, Nathan. Oh. So. So I, 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 said, really. I said we would stop by and say hi, Yeah, but we could not participate because, you know, the, the problem there, of course, is that, that we, I think we value our independence and we don't want you or me to be used as a commercial for, you know. Uh, well, uh, unless they pay, would they pay me money? No, but oh. they, would put, they, would, they would put you up. Bilstein money, Cummins is here. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't, they wouldn't pay money, but you could have had a, a stay with a well, nine I, other influencers. Yeah, but, but everybody says we get paid from these automakers. Why not? For once, actually get paid from one of these. Because, okay. Because what do you get? What, what what do we say to Fox when they come to us? I know. Well, sorry, uh, I was hanging out the house at Bilstein. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sorry, in Schulegun, this is bad. Um, <laughs> Nathan and his wife. <laughs> well, they're hanging out at the luxury house for your for the competition. We're drinking, uh, but we would really like to. Yeah, sorry, he's smoking cigars on the rooftop. We don't really uh, know where he is right now. Sorry, Fox or King or any of those other guys. Yeah, I know. I know. This journalistic integrity is really important to TFL. Hey, speaking of that, um, what about us, you and I? What about us? Most satisfying cars that we've owned, or at the very least, what do we think about the cars that we've lived with for a little while? Now, in your case, we just traded the Bronco. I just, you had the, we had the Bronco for a while, and you yeah. drove the hell out of that. Yeah, so tell them what I just drove back from the dealership. 
Should I really feel that now? Yeah, sure. You sure? Yeah, go for it. Positive? No, don't go for it. You're right. We, yeah. You don't know when the video comes hey, out. Tommy's going to come through the door and hurt me. Yeah, we just we just traded the Bronco, but that would be one of my cars. I, I, I really, any, I'm going to go Bronco or Jeep. I don't want to take a side here because they're mm. both extremely satisfying. Yeah. Pick your, uh, pick your brand. They're both just... Uh, uh, vehicles I would have no problem buying again, and we have. Uh, and the other one I think would be fair is Mini, because <laughs> I was going to ask about the Mini Electric, but that's more Tommy, because Tommy spent a lot of time behind the wheel. Well, on we, that. we own how many Minis? We own the electric one. I know. We own the classic one. My wife has a Countryman. You own a Countryman. What else do we own? Uh, oh, the GP. Yeah, the the, GP. Tommy's selling the GP. Yeah. By the way, if you want a GP, he's still selling it. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. But just go to uh, TFL Bids. No, he didn't sell. He, oh, he never mind. Didn't get enough money for it, but okay. we're still selling it. Anyway, so uh, what would be yours? Well, mine would definitely be what I've been driving for a while, which is the Santa Cruz. I've had it for three months leaf? now. <laughs> you know, the Leaf hasn't really given me any problems in almost three years. I know. it's. Pretty I cool. mean, it's just solid, yeah. but I'm, I'm getting rid of that too. Are you? Yeah, I have to get my daughter something that has all-wheel drive. Yeah, it's she, Colorado. She, she, yeah. It's, yeah after know. our last couple snowstorms. I know, and we get another one Wednesday. <laughs> so what, what <laughs> yeah. are you looking for? What, what? Ah, something used. Like, like, like a RAV4? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> RAV4, CRV, something like that. Something yeah. that is reliable, that is safe, and has decent so all-wheel drive. This is like a RAV4 commercial. I know, I, know I got RAV4 on There's the going to be a parking lot full of RAV4s. <laughs> Ironically, at one point, we had nothing but Dodge's part. I, I, I don't want to be like, okay, so CRV, perfectly great choice as well. You know what I was thinking, actually? But I can't find one yet. Is a, a Honda Element with really low mileage. Oh, I, I love those things. Yeah, They're so but, weird but and daughter, funky. Your daughter would hate that. No, it's she too, wouldn't. No? She'd only be able to put two people in the back seat, which is good for me. Uh, weird and funky. I don't yeah, know. They're weird and funky. No, you know what your daughter would love. Come on, you know what she would love. Yeah, Mercedes. No, but I'm not no, buying no, her no. one. No, at what every... Colorado college girl wants. What's her dream vehicle? An Audi. No. No, she really wants an Audi, no. too. Uh, and she's, she's, oh, a Jeep. Yes, yes a Wrangler. A Wrangler. No, <laughs> of course. Yeah, no, no, hell no. If I can't have one, she can't have one. You know what's funny about that? I could actually afford to get like a used one. You could. Yeah, with with because I'm selling these two things. Uh, I'm also going to get rid of the Grand Cherokee, which I still have, which is a great fourth car, but it's kind of useless right now. Anyway. Um, so getting rid of those and I'll get her something with all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. But no, not a Wrangler because she can't have that much fun. Um, what I have it. driven... Am I wrong or would she love it? She'd love it. Yeah, I figured. Being able to take the top, top off, off that thing exactly. and yeah, her friends. Yeah, it, it makes her look cute. And it does. Well, Let's face it, you put any girl... Well, my, well, my daughter's adorable anyway. Yeah, but, she but, is adorable. But, but, but she, she it skis. It accentuates her cuteness. <laughs> okay. But she also snowboards. And that's... Exactly. Like, I so mean, it, snowboarders... It, it's, it, it's top... It's topless, so she can, you know, Ugh, get this the sun down. Place. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's four-wheel drive, Yes, right? Uh, it shows that she's active because it's outdoorsy and active. She is outdoorsy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Uh, I'm not doing it, Roman. I'm not, but I, mean, I, could see, I yeah. actually listened to you when I bought the um, I could see her like, thinking to herself, I could drive us on the beach in Pismo, which she could. She could, Yeah, but she's not going to because <laughs> she's not going to have one. It's not going to happen. I'm buying her something a little bit. And also something that's see, more fuel efficient. Yeah, too. I could see you getting like a Mazda. Yeah, CX-5 is yeah. one of them on the list, too. We'll see. You know, I've had actually really good luck with Mustas. Anyway, yeah. to close this out, uh, I, I put in the Santa Cruz, but for two reasons. I've had one for three months, but TFL, we're one month away from having a Santa Cruz for one full year. Yep, it's going to go away pretty soon. That's right. So the one we have at TFL, which has been a pretty damn good long-term vehicle, it's had its minor issues. We'll cover that in a sec. But for the most part, it's been just a very good commuter. It's managed to handle everything we've thrown at it. Yes, the dual clutch transmission has been an issue. Yeah, We've so taken it in twice, it and now great. it runs much better. Yeah, it was like there was a problem with the, with the dual clutch, and there was a recall, so we took it in, and it made it almost undrivable. <laughs> and then we took it back, and they did another recall, and it's now fine. It so, drives great now. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm mystified I, by that. I really, truly believe that if they – I think that the regular transmission that I had, the regular 8-speed, automatic, just slap it in there with that turbo, and you'll sit, take care of all your problems. Or make it a hybrid. Well, they need to do that, yeah. and they, they need. Yeah. But I have. A, I'm pretty damn sure they're going to do that as well. What if she'd like a Maverick? Speaking of which, my daughter. Yeah. No. No. Okay. No, she's not going to have a car that I wanted and couldn't get. <laughs> Hell no. It's not fair. <laughs> Where's that other list here? <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, it's up there. Nine eleven. Nine eleven. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's not happening. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. Does I, she know how to drive stick? Yeah, uh, not very well. Oh, she'd like a mini, I bet, too. A mini no, convertible. No, absolutely not. I'm done with mini. Oh, my God. Well, that's the other thing is that my, my wife's mini is my wife's mini, which is a 2016. A it's, it's, a, it's a countryman. It's fun. Drive, really, yeah. really good in the snow. Very fun car. 
But because the warranty is running out and parts are starting to get more and more expensive, it's a very expensive vehicle to maintain. Minis depreciate rapidly. Because oh my of god, that. like a rock! Yeah, so they do depreciate. We're gonna replace it within a couple of years. There's, it's just I just bought a new car. It's like this inverse graph, right? I'm making an little X, right? The more yeah. fun it is, <laughs> the quicker it depreciates. In <laughs> many ways, although apparently the Corvette and the um, the Mazda, at their very least, people 911 find them. don't depreciate. No, the 911s no, don't, don't depreciate. Yeah. Anyway, guys, hey, thank you for joining us. We really want your perspective on what vehicle you think should be on this list either something that you would definitely buy again or definitely wouldn't buy again so please put that in the comments below yep and thank you to our patreons uh we've been posting a lot more early videos up there so if you want to help support this podcast uh go over to patreon.com slash tfl car uh and you know be fun, be fun and we answer your questions on patreon we try to answer them when you email them to us but we get a lot of those so we put priority to the people who are uh, on Patreon because obviously they're you know they're they're kind of the A-listers in some ways. Yeah, and they help us exist yeah, and exactly. breathe. And yeah. so what we often do, especially with, with Andre, is we'll read off some of those questions and answer them. So keep that in mind. Um, you know, if, if you want your questions read, this is the place to do it. See you next time. Ciao. Bye. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently, so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.